Hello, people of Earth and Anchor and Spotify podcast listeners. Welcome to this week's news and flashback fun. Well, not so many episodes today. I'm your host, Movie Guru. First off, before I begin, I want to say happy birthday to my friend Dan McLeod of Hyannis, Massachusetts, who's requested today's flashback fun films, and Aaron McAvoy DeMello. They share their birthdays with, among others, model Gigi Haddad, playwright William Shakespeare, yes, the guy that gave us Hamlet, Romeo and Juliet, A Midsummer's Night Dream, The Taming of the Shoe, and many other uh, famous plays, wrestler John Cena, the late actress Shirley Temple Black, who would have been 95, but she passed in 2014, the late Queen Elizabeth II's great-grandson, Prince Louis Arthur Charles, who's five years old today, and com- comedian George Lopez, and snowboarder Chloe Kim. Today marks the debuts of 1993's Benny and June, 2004's Man on Fire and 13 Going on 30, the 2013 Teen Times Go TV show, 2021's Mortal Kombat reboot, and 1995's This Boy's Life. I want to wish Megan Engelman, Brian Cross, Ami Yars, actress Shirley MacLaine, Barbara Streisand, singer Kelly Clarkson, and actor Jack Quaid, happy early birthdays, as their birthdays all happen to be tomorrow, April 24th. I do have two bits of sad news before we get on to the better news and flashback fun, so here goes nothing. ExtraTV.com announced yesterday, Australian comic Barry Humphreys, better known as his saucy drag persona, Dame Edna Everidge, died Saturday at 89 in Sydney, the BBC reports. His death was attributed to complications from hip surgery in March, following a fall in February. Humphreys was born February 17, 1934, in Melbourne, artistic and expressive. Even as a child, he created his first character, Dr. Aaron Azimuth, by his teenage years. At college, he was a nationally recognized expert on the Dada art movement and known for creating absurdist pranks and art exhibits. Immediately after graduation, he joined a theater revue in 1955 and created the character that would become Dame Edna Everidge, a passive-aggressive, tart-tongued boar used by Humphreys to expertly tease belly laughs, often using risque dubber and tenders that went over easier coming from a lavender-haired woman with cat-eyed glasses. He also hosted a slate of TV specials in a talk show format, attracting A-list stars like Cher, Joan Collins, Joan Rivers, and more to receive the Dame Edna treatment. Dame Edna made her film debut in The Naked Bunyip, 1970, and Humphreys enjoyed tremendous success with The Adventures of Barry Mackenzie in 1972, the first Australian film to earn more than $1 million at the box office, and its 1974 sequel, Barry Mackenzie Holds His Own. Edna had a cameo in Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band, 1977, and Humphreys played Ben Chernick in the Rocky Horror sequel, Shock Treatment, 1981. Other films included The Secret Policeman's Other Ball, 1982, 
Dr. Fisher of Geneva, 1985, Howling III, 1987, Les Patterson Saves the World, 1987, Immortal Beloved, 1994, Paradoxal Woman from Beverly Hills, 1995, Spice World, 1997, Welcome to Whoop Whoop, 1997, Nicholas Nickleby, 2002, and Absolutely Fabulous, the movie, 2016. His most significant later work in film include voicing Bruce the Shark in Pixar's Finding Nemo, 2003, and playing the Great Goblin in The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, 2012. I'm sorry, National Treasure fans, but Friday, Disney Plus can the hunt for more treasure we're on National Treasure Edge of History, two months after it ended. Put simply, the 10-episode see one season show which bowed in december is now well history can't axed whatever term you want to use basically it's not coming back for a second season sorry so sad and much better news olympic gymnast simone biles and sophia ritchie are now happily married to their respective husbands 26 year old biles announced via social media she is wed Houston Texan player Jonathan Owens and Sophia got married in the south of France yesterday. Blue punch buggy! Coming Soon.net revealed April 21st, the likely voice of Stitch in the live-action Lilo and Stitch remake has been revealed, while few previously announced actors have had their roles confirmed. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Original Lilo and Stitch director and Stitch voice Chris Sanders is in final talks to reprise his role as the iconic blue alien experiment. The outlet is also reporting that Zach Galifianakis, who was reported to be in the movie back in February, will be playing Stitch's scientist creator, Jumba. Similarly, it was revealed that recent cast edition, Billy Magnuson will be playing the slender, one-eyed alien Pleakley in the live-action Lone Stitch remake. The original voice of Nanny, Tia Carrere, will be portraying a new character named Mrs. Kiyoka, while actress Amy Hill, who played Mrs. Hasegawa in the animated movie and series, will play a new character named Tutui. Tutu. It is currently filming in Hawaii. Speaking of remakes, the website also announced that day there's a remake of the nineteen of nineteen eighty five's romantic dance comedy, girls just want to have fun, being developed by Village Roadshow. All that's really known about the modern set remake at the moment is that director actress Elizabeth Banks is producing it, and that the award Generation Q's showrunner Marja Lewis Ryan and the staff writer Ali Romano are writing it. The Autobots and the Decepticons finally return to the big screen with June 9th's Rise of the Beast. However, 2024 will see another Transformers film. This one, an animated one from Toy Story director John Cooley. It was first, direct, it was first announced way back in 2020, and I have some new plot details on it. SuperheroHype.com reported April 20th, longtime Transformers producer Lorenzo de Bonaventura says the movie is still happening. 
and then he shared a handful of plot details during a recent sit-down with Collider. Early reports suggest that Cooley's film would be a prequel that takes place on the Transformers' home planet of Cybertron, a location only briefly glimpsed in Paramount's live-action Transformers movies. And according to Dibon Ventura, that is still the plan. Fans will also see how the Cybertronians split into two separate groups, two separate factions led by Optimus Prime and Megatron. In other words, a good chunk of the film will examine how those characters went from being allies to mortal enemies. This is something we were trying to do, said De Bonaventura. We debated a lot of, about it in live action, and it just was financially impossible to do, which is the origin story of young Megatron and young Optimus. If you know the origin, they started as friends, and then over time, things devolved for them, and they ended up on two sides. So we're telling the young Optimus and young Megatron story. We really are telling the origin story of all Transformers, both what they were at the beginning to how they grow to how they grow apart. Devana Ventura also teased how the film will trace the evolution of Cybertronian society in a manner similar to the destruction of Krypton in DC's Superman comics, with many of the plant's inhabitants questioning how their society has gotten stratified and how the common man doesn't have the voice entirely that they want to have. As for the younger versions of Megatron and Optimus Prime, we won't be getting a traditional coming-of-age story, but we will see how the characters mature over time, which might take more than one film to explore. And rumor has it that it might end up being a trilogy. We don't know. Disney Plus dropped the official trailer for their upcoming action series, American Born Chinese, a few days ago. It stars Everything Everywhere All at Everything Everywhere All at Once co-stars Michelle Yeoh, Kiku Kwan, James Hong, Stephanie Husu, along with Ben Wang and Taekwondo champion Jimmy Liu. Based on the 2006 graphic novel of the same name, the eight-episode series debuts on the streamer May 24th. After 18 months since the tragic rush shooting and all the legal troublesome issues that followed, the lawsuit with Alec Baldwin has dropped its criminal charm charges, and the film is finally resuming filming. Sorry, Spider-Man fans. Spider—I mean, Sony Spider-Man fans' spotty senses are going into overdrive. Two years after it was first announced that they'd be web-slinging their way to Disney+, Plus, the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire, that's Peter 1 and Peter 2, in case you've forgotten, and uh, that would be 2002 Spider-Man, 2004 Spider-Man 2, and ugh, 2007 Spider-Man 3, which less spoken of, the better, if you ask me as well as Peter 3, a.k.a. Andrew Garfield's The Amazing Spider-Man, swung their way from Netflix to the streaming service to Disney Plus Friday. Tom Holland's Spider-Man Homecoming and Tom Hardy's Venom will arrive May 12th. As for the rest of Holland's Spider-Man films, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and ugh, dare I even mention it, last year's Pand Morbius, 
They should be making their way to the Disney Plus streaming universe this year, eventually. Speaking of Venom, Juno Temple is in talks to join Tom Hardy in the third Venom film. Now it's time for this week's big flashback fun. As I stated at the start, today's flashback fun films come from requested from birthday boy Dan McLeod of Hyannis. They happen to be four of his favorite comedies. First up is John Hughes's famous coming-of-age comedy drama, The Breakfast Club, which I talked about in February when it turned 38. The film starring Emilio Estevez, Judd Nelson, Anthony Michael Hall, Paul Gleason, Molly Ringwald, and Ali Sheedy opened February 15, 1985. The $51.5 million grocer follows five teens at a high school. A, a princess, a jock, a criminal, a basket case, and a brainiac. Forced to spend, to get, forced to spend a Saturday together in detention under the strict teacher's gaze. But soon, the five of them realize they're not so different than they, from each other than they thought. It happens to be one of Hughes's most recognizable and famous works. According to IMDb.com, Anthony Michael Hall, who plays Brian Johnson's mother, Mercedes Hall, and his younger sister, Mary Christine, play his character's mother and sister in the film. And if Hughes hadn't gotten Emilio Estevez to play Andrew Clark, he would have considered casting either Jim Carrey, Rob Lowe, Tom Cruise, Matthew Broderick, or Michael J. Fox. Strange, I know. The Mission Impossible series. Jerry Maguire, Oblivion, Born on the Fourth of July, The Top Gun films, Tropic Thunder. These are just a handful of Tom Cruise's countless films. But none of these films would have been possible if it weren't for a film that will um, underdance way, where dance its way to its 40th anniversary this August 3rd. That would be Dan's next request, the teen sex comedy drama Risky Business, it's also starring Rebecca Mornay. Yes, folks, Risky Business is about to turn 40 years old this year. In it, Joel Goodson, a high, Chicago high school senior, is looking for fun while his parents are away. But the situation gets quickly out of fun. It made over $63 million to the world at the box office, and Joel, Edgar, Joel Gibson happened to be Cruz's breakout role. So we technically have... Joel to thank for all of Tom Cruise's roles. According to IMDb.com, in a career filled with countless iconic scenes, the famous scene of Cruise dancing in his underwear and pink button-down shirt to Bob Seger's all-time rock and roll still stands out as his most memorable. And actually, that scene, <laughs> that dance scene in it was totally improvised. In the script, he was simply instructed to dance to rock music. It's been spoofed in homage in countless movies ever since. And if and aside, before Cruz got the part of Joel, Nicolas Cage, Tom 
Tom Hanks, Michael J. Fox, and John Cusack and Sean Penn auditioned for the Joe role. Dan really also enjoys the satirical comedy Tootsie, starring Dennis Hoffman, Gina Davis in her film debut, Jessica Lange, Terry Garr, Dabney Coleman, Phil Murray, and Charles Dunning, and Sidney Pollack, who also directed it. The December 17, 1982 release centers on Michael Dorsey, a talented but perfectionist actor whose reputation makes him adopt a new identity as a woman in order for him to land a job on a, on a trashy but very popular soap opera. The film was extremely successful, making $241 million, that year's second highest earner. It was up for 10 Academy Awards, including the big one of Best Picture. But its sole winner happened to be just Jessica Lange for Supporting Actress. According to IMDb.com, Hoffman tried out his Dorothy role by passing himself off as his daughter's Aunt Dorothy at her parents' evening at school. His performance was so believable, he actually convinced the teacher he was Aunt Dorothy. They never once suspected a thing. He said that after playing Tootsie for the first time, he went home, cried, and convinced to his wife that portraying a woman caused him to confront his own sexist perceptions of women he never realized he's had. What's also neat is that all the crazy ways that Dorothy quits or gets fired from a project really did happen to Hoffman. And finally, the last of Dan's requested films is Jim Henson's feature directorial debut, June 26, 1981's musical heist comedy, The Great Muppet Caper, starring Muppet performers Frank Oz, Henson, Richard Hunt, Steve Whitmore, Jerry Nelson, Dave Golez, Carol Spinney, along with the late Charles Grodin, the late Diana Rigg, John Cleese, and Robert Morley. The second theatrical Muppet movie centers on reporters Fozzie, Gonzo, and Kermit, who get caught up in a jewelry heist while investigating a robbery in London. Released after the final season of The Muppet Show, the film, which made $31.2 million, was the only Muppet film directed by Henson. In the opening scene, Dame Diana Rigg who plays Lady Holiday, is seen leaving a jewelry store called Bond. Rig ended up, Rig starred in the 1961 James Bond film On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And Nick Holiday's office door is labeled Irresponsible Parasite, which is just as what Lady Holiday called him to Miss Piggy. And Jack Warden and Charles Grodin also appeared in 1978's Heaven Can Wait Together. That's all for this week's news and flashback fun. So, happy birthday, Dan McLeod and Aaron DeMello, Mac- Aaron McAvoy DeMello. And, and until we meet again, my minions, as always, stay safe and watch lots of movies and DVDs. Bye now.